Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Wanted to go over some of my thoughts about uh, investing my own personal portfolio. And uh, as you guys know, I like to buy things when they're cheap, sell them when they're expensive. And I set up what I call a 10-80-10 portfolio. So 10% insurance for me, physical gold, 80% what I would define as an investment, which is something that pays me to own it. And uh, the other 10% allocated to speculative assets, something where I think there's good asymmetry, but it might not pay me to own it. And um, you know, recently, well, for quite some time now, uh, we've been talking about uranium. And I'm not the first person to talk about this, obviously. Rick Rule, I discussed it with him all the way back in 2020. Obviously, my my business partner, Chris McIntosh and uh, Lynn Alden talk about this a lot in Rebel Capitals Pro. But uh, And I owned the ETF. Uh, and actually, Josh, make a note. I think I still own it. <laughs> when, when we go into my account later, you definitely do own it. Okay, that's what I thought. It's okay. not a model portfolio. All right. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's it. That that shows you. Um, maybe that's a lesson in and of itself. I think uh, it's kind of comical how little I actually check on my portfolio, but I think the fact that I don't is uh, something that may serve people well. I think uh, a lot of people they just check on their portfolio every single day. Or they have it on their app on their phone. So every single time they log into their phone, they basically see their net worth. And I don't know that's a good thing. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm the complete opposite of that. I, I will literally go months, if not years, without even checking my account. And I, again, I, I think that has served me well over the years. But okay, so I do own the ETF. If I bought it, I would have bought it back in 2020 in March, April. Uh, we were talking about that on the George Gammon channel when I was doing live streams. So uh, I would have purchased it. If my memory serves me right, I purchased it around eight or nine bucks. So I, I don't know where it is now, but I'm assuming it's higher than that. So I've made a little money on that. That's good. But uh, I'd like to build on the position. And one of the ways I've thought about adding to the position when the time is right is to buy the Sprott Uranium Trust because it's the closest thing that I can see is actually owning the physical uranium and just putting in your garage or something, <laughs> which probably wouldn't be a good idea. I don't know. Uh, and Or you could play the futures market, but I just, honestly, I don't know that I'm sophisticated enough. I think I'm probably smart enough to figure it out, but I just don't have the time to go through and figure out, okay, how should I buy this? Or how should I go long via the futures? And what's my downside? What's my upside? So I just have been thinking about the Sprott Uranium Trust. Now, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to buy it now. I'm saying that I'm really thinking about it. And one of the things that's prevented me is uh, the, the price hasn't come back down significantly or at least close to where it was in March, 2020 when I bought the ETF to begin with. That's what I'd love to see, to really back up the Brinks truck here. And you guys know the fundamental argument for uranium. I don't think I need to go over that with you. It's pretty straightforward. We've got uh, very low supply. Uh, you've got just a bear market for the past, what, 10, 12 years, something like that. And now you have all of these signals that the world is going to be increasingly open to using nuclear energy as a source, even the, even the, the we'll call them the greenies, or even maybe even the climate change folks, the, maybe even the Malthusians, who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe they may, may have no choice but to kind of go along 
with the, the flow because there's so many influential people who are now talking about the benefits of, of nuclear. So whether you're on the right or the left, maybe this is something that uh, has universal appeal. I'm saying maybe because I think it, I think it will. To give you an idea of what I'm, I'm referring to specifically here and how this is, you know, I'm in the news every single day. So for you who watch this channel, I know you actually have a life other than just watching the news and CNBC and Zero Hedge and whatnot. So, you know, you got to go pick up your kids. You've got to go to work. You've got all these things. You're a responsible adult. So you might not uh, have a sense for the momentum that I think is behind nuclear energy. To give you an idea, I want to go over to a CNBC article. And uh, this is Oliver Stone. Uh, you all know Oliver Stone, and I'll kind of back up here, because he's uh, done a tremendous amount of movies. I think he did uh, Wall Street, didn't he, Josh? I think he, I'm almost positive. Yeah, I think he did the original Wall Street with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, which was fantastic. And then he, he did the second one, which was not very good. Um, but and then he did uh, what was the really good one that he did with uh, with uh, Woody Harrelson? Oh, he did that. What was that back in the? He did it with Woody Harrelson and the gal. Um, ah, I'll think of it. It was when they're Natural Born Killers. I think it was. You guys will correct me. And but Juliet, what was her name? Lewis. Anyway, you guys will correct me in the chat, but he's obviously famous. I mean, super, super famous. And he's part of that Hollywood in crowd. Here he is at Davos. So he's someone that even the Klaus Schwab types like to rub elbows with, the global elite. And here he is talking at da Davos with, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but it seems like this is kind of his right-hand man that's actually has some scientific credibility. And they are pushing nuclear energy. And I I'm assuming he's kind of a lefty. He's an AOC type. And he's not just talking about it at Davos. And I didn't realize this, but he actually did a, a documentary. Oliver Stone is now doing documentaries on the benefits of nuclear energy. So this, to me, is really kind of a, a paradigm shift, or it marks a paradigm shift, where we see this gradual progression towards uh, nuclear energy from both sides of the aisle, from the, the, the plebs all the way up to the global elite. And, um, you know, that's why long term, I, I really like uranium. And obviously, I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants here with Rick Rule and Doug Casey and Chris McIntosh and Lynn Alden. Uh, this is by no means an original idea, but I, I think it the way I see things may be unique from a standpoint of being very close to pulling the trigger now, um, not necessarily just looking at a chart, but trying to gauge sentiment, that that's what I'm doing. I, I mean, I think it's cheap relative to the fundamentals, and I think it, it could you could argue it's even cheap based on its historical price adjusted for inflation. But um, above and beyond that, I, I think... Uh, sentiment is really tr starting to shift, which uh, could prompt me to go ahead and add to the position. And maybe even with that, with the model portfolio that I have in Rebel Capitalist Pro, uh, for those of you who know, I've got that, uh, when I said Chris McIntosh and Lynn Alden are my business partners, that's in the online investment forum that we have, the subscription service called Rebel Capitalist Pro. So Lynn has uh, actually a few model portfolios in there. And I have one uh, that's just me kind of, it's a $100,000 portfolio. It's real money. It's not paper money or something. It's just my, I, I set up a IB account with 100,000 
And uh, whenever I make a change to it, I always make a notification on Rebel Capitals Pro. But anyway, uh, this may prompt me to, uh, you know, take a good portion of that 10% in in the model portfolio and my personal portfolio maybe, and allocate more of it to building that position in uranium through the Sprott Uranium Trust. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's go through this uh, quickly. I'm not going to go through the whole clip, but you guys will get the idea of how this person that has massive influence on the global elite and the left is now really uh, adamant about nuclear energy. And everybody's talking about energy and the energy transition and sustainability. But the number one source of energy in the world, over 80 percent, is fossil fuels. And it hasn't changed in 30 years. And then number two is hydro, number three is nuclear. You'd think we would be really talking about nuclear because that's the second in line of the carbon-free sources. And then wind is well behind that and solar is way behind that. So, but somehow it's not on the agenda. I don't see it here. People aren't talking about it. So we've brought our film here to try to educate and to try to break this wall of fear and ignorance about something that's really important. Why do you think governments are hesitant to use nuclear energy? For me, it's politics, politics in the West. I mean, we have to realize that Russia and China are doing far more work on, on nuclear than, we, than America has fallen way behind that. We, we, we froze up in the 70s, 80s. We didn't build uh, after the 80s, after Three Mile Island and uh, yeah. certainly Chernobyl. Chernobyl was the only really accident that, and nothing compared in the amount of deaths and damage to the other to the other energy sources like coal, gas, oil, many more deaths, many more deaths from coal. But uh, we 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 fixated on nuclear energy because of nuclear war, and we always have confounded the most average people confound the two. You know, when he was saying this, he's saying confound the two. And I, I thought. Uh... I think he's talking about conflate. <laughs> and and then I'll just stop it there because I, I listened to the, the rest of the video. And um, although I think it's great, Oliver Stone is uh, is is talking about this. Um, the, the guy is nuts. I mean, the guy is like borderline incoherent, which is, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you guys know I always talk about how it's just bizarre to me that we – as a society, uh, look for the, to the opinion of LeBron James as an example 
of what to do you know, around energy policy, or, or we're, we're curious what Tom Cruise thinks, or you know what Oliver Stone thinks. And when you listen to them, they're just like, "What? These guys are this guy's crazy!" Like, like he's he's not even with it. Like he's totally out of it. But again, uh, even though he's out of it and and maybe incoherent to a, a large degree, um, society listens to what he says. So do the global elite. And so, hey, if if they're going to listen to what he says, if he's saying things like this that I think will benefit society, well, then I guess that's good. So the main takeaway there, in, and actually, let me go through some charts. So spot price uranium about thirty nine bucks, but this was I don't know why there's still a lag on this. It was uh, December twenty two, but we go back to uh, March of twenty twenty, which I'm kind of using as a barometer, and it was twenty four. So it hasn't increased that much. And if you look at a long-term chart, as you guys most likely know, you know, going back to 2010 and 2011, it just went completely parabolic, and I think it got to maybe 140. And so I, I would say that even based on its historical chart adjusted for inflation, it, it, it could be considered uh, relatively cheap. And then that's not even including the current fundamentals, which I think would give it even more tailwind. And uh, then we look at the Sprott Trust here. And just to show you guys the ticker, um, now this is priced in USD. You got to be careful because the the I've seen other charts that are priced in Canadian dollars, and obviously the chart looks quite a bit different here. The chart goes up a lot more. So I want to stick to you know what is it done based on the USD because uh, most of us are USD investors, and uh, the, it's going to be settled in USD. So anyway, uh, you can see this pretty much tracks the uh, the, the price. And I don't know if it's really like exact, but I think it's probably pretty close. And it just started in August. Oh, I think they actually bought an existing trust and then brought it into the Sprott family. That's why they only show the chart going back to August of 2021. But uh, that's kind of the lens that I'm looking through. That's the framework that I'm using for thinking about this investment, which again, to be clear, would be on the speculative side of the portfolio, looking at it through that 10-80-10. And it would, most likely I would not do the entire 10% allocated to uranium because even within that, I like to have some diversity. And I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm very, very close. So I just wanted to go over that with you guys and give you the heads up and just uh, give you my thoughts on the current state of uranium and how we could be seeing a paradigm shift in the attitude towards nuclear energy, not just with the right, but also with the left, and who knows, potentially even the global elite and the Malthusian cult. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.